Hello. Hi. Hi. How's it going? It's going. It's going. Welcome to Evolving Us. Oh, yeah. We found a name, you guys. It's called Evolving Us because together we're uplifting and evolving. Yeah, that. Yeah, that. It's happening. But we have a name. We promised we'd have a name. The universe graced us with a name. And now we have a name. Yes. How was your morning? It was good. How was yours? It was good. I saw you in yoga talking to the girls, and then I saw you get refocused, and I knew that was a win for you. Yeah. I uh, I wasn't flustered or bothered. I just wanted to make sure I was able to say bye to them. Yeah, you got to have the goodbye kisses. Yes. Yes. I remember how important that was growing up, like getting dropped off at school and knowing that I just needed to be acknowledged with a kiss. You know, it doesn't mean you're never going to see someone again, but like if you weren't able to, wouldn't that be the biggest regret ever? And literally that's, that's what I think every day. Mm. Presence. Mm-hmm. Gotta be present. And that actually leads us right into what we're talking about today. How perfect. How perfect. Don't you love it when it happens that way? It's always so divine. As if I've done this for a while and know how the <laughs> fuck things happen. <laughs> well, you know the universe has your back always. Yeah, she do. She mm-hmm. do. Okay, well, let's get to it. All right. Today we're talking about selflessness and gratitude. And the thing that brought me to really be excited and inspired about this topic is uh, I think I feel like uh, oh, the world's feeling like a shit show right now, you know? And I'm, I'm looking around at the people I love the most and I'm finding friction in all my relationships, not necessarily between me and that person, but when I interact with the people I care about, I see it all over them. I see it all over me of this feeling of like not enoughness. And not from a traumatized perspective, but not enoughness from a, as a culture, we're trying to catch up from pandemic, from resting phase, from whatever it is that we're catching up on. But it feels like every day when I close my computer that I haven't done enough. And that's really scary and hurtful. And I want to feel good at the end of the day. I want to feel like, wow, like what I did had an impact or what I did was good or or what I didn't do any of I'm at peace with the fact that it didn't get done right now how you do you feel that or is it just me am I tripping help I I just (laughs) help (laughs) I'm here to help uh I think that I just know how present this is for you and I don't know if maybe the wording is different for me because I've been hyper focused on acceptance and surrender and I think at the end of the day everything goes together um, and I think finding gratitude does bring you to being present. Um, I don't know that I am in a place where I feel the chaos in the way that I hear you describe it so frequently. I think also you just have different interactions on a daily basis that remind you of what's present for people. While for me, it's I don't have that depth of conversation like in the workplace per se, right? It's not like, hey, we're starting this meeting. Isn't everything so chaotic and crazy right now? Like it's just not it's not the world that I live in like that. So I think like I know what you're talking about, and I think that 
going back to selflessness and gratitude, which, I mean, I feel like it's at the core of everything we ever can really ever talk about and, and focuses us to everything that we want, whether it's ourselves in community for our family and loved ones. Um, but I, I hear you for sure. Thanks for hearing me and seeing me and loving me all the time. I don't know anything different. I can't. I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for you. Mm. Mm. Yeah, gratitude. I mean, gratitude does make you present. And I, I think um, the feeling of fitting it all in, and maybe that's just m- more present for me or present for me in a different way. What are we fitting all in? And what And what's most important? We talked about last night on our mentorship call, which has been Wednesday nights have been so amazing for all of us and so uplifting for all of us, is just this zooming out, this ability to zoom out and to look at what we're working on, what we're present with, what every day's priorities are. And when we zoom out and we choose to look at it like, I want to understand more my why. I want to understand what's most important to me. I want to understand what are my core values And how are the actions, thoughts, beliefs, and behaviors that I show up with? How are they stemming from my core values? Or how are they stemming from a lack of being connected to my core values? And that is all the results you get are based on that. So everything that's showing up in our lives is based on really alignment with our core values. And so I think what gratitude does is... When you're sitting here like, okay, what can I look at in my space, in my life, in my relationships that I can really be grateful for? Like something that I know other people might not have the opportunity to experience or something that I worked really hard to build and I wished and hoped and prayed for it at one point in my life. And now that it's here, I'm potentially overlooking it. And so it humbles you up really quick when you're like, holy shit, I need to zoom out and look at this from a different perspective. And it really slows you down. And, and lately our community and especially us, like we've been meditating so much more than ever. And I almost think that meditation is like the saving grace of teaching us to be more present in everything we're doing. Even if we're doing something we don't like or we're not necessarily like would put on the top of our list of something we choose to do. But can we do it with grace? Can we do it with presence? Can we do it with patience? I mean, I'm dealing with a bunch of stuff with the house that Chad and I bought a vacation rental in North Carolina by where his parents live and um, where that house is is like very there's a lot of moisture there's a lot of hurricanes there's a lot of weather so when we bought it we knew that there would be issues but we didn't realize the depth of what was actually going on underneath and so as I show up to the process of dealing with the warranty company the contractors the insurance companies the people that dry out all of the water damage like all the shit that's going on I had two totally separate experiences with it. One was my reaction of what in the hell, frustrated, pissed, feeling like why didn't the inspector catch some of the mistakes that we're seeing. All these just ridiculous feelings of not the best version of myself. Anger, frustration, doubt, scarcity. And then when I look at it from a different perspective of gratitude, I'm sitting here in a space where we have two locations to live. One is close to my partner's family, which is so meaningful. One is here. Not a lot of people can even buy a house in general, right? Like that's that's a luxury, the fact that we even have that. 
and I can be present with all these contractors and all these people that are actually trying to help us and slow down and be more connected with intention and purpose and the fact that I get to do this, not the fact that I have to deal with this. So that gratitude perspective is almost like taking off your sunglasses and and cleaning all the like water spots off them and being able to see clearly of what we actually care about. It's humbling. That's for sure. Yeah, and as you were speaking right now, I was just thinking about the fact that a lot of this is daily practice, obviously. And I think that we're all just, well, duh, we're all human. And so because of the level of just awareness that we have around the situations that affect us so deeply, whether positively or negatively or and everything in between, I think it's very unusual for people to start off their day with a gratitude practice or yeah. sit down and meditate, just things that we... I don't want to say they're second nature to us, but things that are part of our routine and our life and our habits, things that do make you slow down and be present and at the end of the day, cherish the life that you have. These aspects are not natural to most people. They have to be learned. And so, you know, in thinking about how can everyone take a page out of this book and implement it, it's like, in essence, it's easy. Like, just be grateful. Write down three things that you're grateful for every day. Like, there's so many different challenges out there. They're going to come up very soon, too, with the new year. Everyone has all these things they want to do and oh, change. Oh, I can't wait for that. It's going to be great. <laughs> I laugh so much because I used to be that person looking oh, yeah. for the goal, right? But um, there's so many practical things out there that we don't know how to implement because it doesn't come natural so i think in everything that you're saying which are like extremely valid and um human things that you're going through like you know things with the house and how can you slow down and just be like i'm very fortunate and also still recognize that like this is frustrating but you're not deep in the frustration emotion and you still can take a step back and say okay, well, this can be dealt with. Just like someone else that's like, oh, I have, I'm closing my laptop right now and I have 50 emails that are unread and that feels overwhelming and negative in a way. It's the same thing, right? Whether it's something really big that feels negative or not great, we all go through these feelings, hopefully not on a daily basis, but it could be on a daily basis where there's this ebb and flow of, disconnect from what really matters well and i think the only time you recognize what really matters is when you get a lot of what doesn't matter Mm -hmm. it's the polarity that we experience in this beautiful life that gives us the perspective of what good is or what we want more of is or what's important to us is so having that again i'd like to call it zoomed out perspective is that we don't really get to focus on what's most important 100% of the time because how would we even know that that's what's most important? Right. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Like it's what it's what we don't like that we show up to that teaches us what we do like 
because we're aware of the discord we feel when we're in the presence of something we don't like. Yeah, that just reminded me of last night's call with mentorship. And I think that, you know, we're a group of people who meet regularly on a weekly basis. Most people are in the community beyond this program too. And it's interesting to me to see how people do contribute to the community and, you know, innately have a certain sense of selflessness and generosity, Mm -hmm. um, which I think is such a big part of community and a big part of not just our relationship, but giving back and everything that we do, the, the work, this work is a lot about selflessness. So I think... My, the point I'm trying to make is, as you were speaking, it, it brought me back to last night's call. And I think that, I don't know, in a way, the fact that we're dissecting this so much, maybe because it's so present for us that we want to be brought back to it. But if it's not something that's part of someone's nature, like I just, I don't know. I feel like I just don't understand. How to not be selfless? Yeah. Yeah. But we, we're we humans. Like, we, we look out of our two eyes, so biologically, we're programmed to go from internal to external and look out and say, how can I create a judgment, create a story, create a narrative of the world that I'm seeing and interpret it? And then here's what actually happens. In, this is neuroscience. We take in information. Our brain filters it. And the filter is based on our experiences, our upbringing, our, the way that we were interacted with as a child, our belief systems, our programs, all of the, the, the information, like the software that was downloaded into our brain is filtering the information we're taking in. And then it's giving us the version that aligns best with where we're vibrationally at. So while selflessness might not be in someone's innate nature, it's also a muscle that can be built and strengthened It's just practicing it because the more you show up in giving and generosity without the need to receive, the more you show up in that way, the more you get to feel the benefits of how you actually receive every time you give. And not being selfless, being selfish, meaning like you're only focused on how you can get ahead, how you can get a promotion, how you can be happier every day instead of how you can contribute to the happiness of our entire planet, right? Like that distinction guest speaker Augie out there growling around oh buddy he's not the speaker he's a commentator homie he's got something to say Ooh, <laughs> help so anyway mm. i think it, it's it's a muscle that can be built and, and the more we practice it the more we feel the benefit of it and i think you and i actually talked about this the other night where when you come to the table with love and generosity And I don't mean like material generosity. I mean, how can I support you? I mean, what can I do for you? I mean, stopping off at the store and dropping off some soup to someone you love because you know they're sick on the way home or mailing someone a handwritten card like that shit doesn't cost much, if anything. When we start to get in the habit of practicing that more and more often, we start to build the muscle of selflessness and realize how actually beneficial it is. And so what happens is when we give with a need to receive. When we give 
conditionally, when we give because we want something back, when we give because we know that down the line someone's going to remember it later, when we give from a place of strategy, I'm going to go out of my way for someone because like, I know that that's going to put me in better standings with them socially. When we give with any attachment, Chad actually taught me about this, we create, it's called a, a covert contract. And mentally in our head, we're creating a contract that that person doesn't know about. And then we create expectations that that person is going to do, say, or show up in a certain way based on our giving. And then we lose our connection to why we're giving, the benefits of giving, and the love that we can receive from showing up selflessly. It's like, why are we even giving if we're giving to get? That's super interesting. Um, While you were speaking and going back to our conversation on love the other day, I was just thinking about, I think that for me, because I'm a mom, like I kind of have to give without, I never really get much in return for my kids, <laughs> minus like their their love, of course. But, I love you so much. Yeah, but what I'm saying is like every day you wake up for a job, you don't get, you know, paid for essentially, right? <laughs> like I'm the lunch lady, I'm the, I'm the everything. And you're it's the back scratcher. Yeah, you're the everything. And monster. it's like, I think that motherhood taught me to be more selfless. Mm. Yeah. Because, I mean, you bring a being into this world who cannot care for itself and is completely dependent and relying on you. And throughout the different stages of, of life and, you know, the child's growth, of course, there are different levels of need and selflessness that go into your duty as a mother, as a parent. So I think that I actually recognize a lot of the reflection of how I choose to show up and the way that it just feels natural to me. I think it's also because it's so much part of like what I do every day anyways. Yeah, for sure. And so not to bring it back to me, but that's what I was thinking about when you were talking about love because I think that having kids is the most like, the biggest um, act of love ever because you have to just love blindly. Yeah, you put like all your needs aside. It's like a duty thing. It's like a service thing. Like period, you're showing up and you just have to show up and, and, it, and it puts a lot of the I, 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 me, me, me to the side. And sometimes doing that is like the best thing we can do for ourselves while working on ourselves and taking responsibility and shifting our triggers, like all these things are important, but it's through relationship in which we learn the most. It's through interaction in which we learn the most. I've learned the most when I've showed up like an asshole in my relationships. That's when I learned the most. Cause I'm like, damn, why am I showing up like this? How can I be more loving and supportive? And then you take the focus off of you because it's not even about you anyway. Last night, the story I shared, and I felt like this was such a great example, um, and it really hit home for me and a lot of us, but uh, when we were recording our first episode, <laughs> um, hey, Ogs, my dad texted me that morning, and he's like, he's like, hey, I'm August. August. It's going to be okay. 
Hope you enjoy August in the background. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Unfiltered, unedited, just as we promised, so you're going to get all the background noise. We're ready. We're just shipping it. We're not overanalyzing it. We're shipping it. So the story. My dad texted me. <laughs> he said, hey, I'm in the area. I want to come say hi to you and, and just say what's up and like blah, blah, blah. I'll come by. And I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm like, shit, I have so much to do. I have to finish setting up this podcast equipment. I got to like, I I have things that I have to take care of before Julia gets here (laughs) so that I can be, feel prepared and feel like I'm in a space where everything's done. (laughs) So pathetic. I'm like, wow. Okay. I'm laughing because it's just so relatable. And I was just like, dude, like really right now, like you couldn't give me a day heads up. Like, hey, I'm going to be in town tomorrow. Like, can you make time? Whatever. Because I personally really love to be present with people, you know, like that fills me up. And I knew I wasn't going to fully be able to. And so he comes over. I was like, just come over for a little while. I got things to do. He comes over and I'm like, I got to cook breakfast. There's lots of things. And he's sitting there and he's like talking to me about stocks and bonds and, and how like certain tax things work and like all this shit. And I'm just like, fuck, man, come on. Like read the room, you know. Like I'm, I'm, I'm obviously really frantic right now, you know. And you're, you've got so much to say about things that maybe they matter to you, but in this moment, like, can we table it and talk about it? Like, I'll call you on my lunch break or something. Either a, he didn't want to read the room, or b, he was like, well, she's going on her vibrational state that I'm familiar with. <laughs> I don't know. I'd like to think it was that strategic, but I think he just wanted to talk to me. Just like wanted my company. I think so too. And I think a lot of our parents and family just wants that. You know, they don't want much, but they just want to be with us. Mm -hmm. And I could say the same for them. You know, like I I just want to be with them. And when I'm around them, I'd love to just be present. And that's it. Like there isn't really a lot of expectations, you know. And I think there's a lot of pressures taken off relationship when your goal is just to be present. Um, So I've been practicing that a lot lately. But not not that day. (laughs) Well, that day gave you polarity and perspective. Yeah, for sure it did. And and over time, right? Because when I look back at it now, I think of how silly it was. And so he's sitting here. I ended up just ordering Uber Eats because I was trying to like do my best to split my presence between him and the things I had to do. And so I just ordered food and whatever. I'm still talking. I'm trying to respond to text messages of like pressing things that need to be done before we start recording and all this other stuff. And so he's talking, talking, talking. I'm texting, texting, texting. And then he's like, you know what? I'll wait. Just let me know when you're done with that message. And I was like pissed. I'm like, here you are impeding on my morning and then telling me that you'll like wait because you don't want to inconvenience me. Like you've already inconvenienced me. Like let me finish what I'm doing. Keep talking like on and on with my bullshit thinking that multitasking is like the best way to operate because I'll get it all done. And I was, I was like, "Fuck, man, I'm, I'm such a dick." But how many times do do we show up to an interaction, not knowing really what the other person is going to say or provide, and we're just like so wrapped up in our own stuff that we can't even, we can't even actually have a conversation about like, oh, I. I really want to know how you're doing because we're so ready with our agenda of all the things we have to cross off our list. Yeah. And that's that's kind of where presence and gratitude, I think, meet. 
Mm-hmm. And so in that interaction, I looked down at my phone and realized that like none of what I was doing or texting like actually mattered more than my parent who is 70 years old and is constantly doing his best to find creative ways for us to spend time together, even if it's impromptu. And I'm so wrapped up in my own stuff of getting things done throughout the day or literally just like anything is more important than pausing. And so in that moment, I just like, it was pretty flooring when he was like, I'll wait because I probably went through seven emotions all at the same time, like all at the same time. And so going through all those emotions really supported me in being able to find a bird's eye lens or a bird's eye view that felt different than being in first position, first perspective, you know? Yeah, I think we so often, um, it's very simple to actually find gratitude and therefore feel present. Um, I think I talked about this the other day. I think it was in one of the meditations, but I woke up. I think I also texted you about this. I woke up and I was just called to being like, like feel all my senses and and identify specific things that like I could see, I could smell, I could feel. And it was just a really simple way to make myself immediately present. It's not something that I do often, but I just woke up and was like, oh, I'm going to do this. And my point in saying that is literally so many things that we have, we just take for granted. So it's like, wow, I open my eyes, I have a roof over my head. I'm grateful. It's, you know, it's like it's literally <laughs> like that, that simple. It's literally that simple. Oh. But I remember I tried like a, one of those gratitude journals or something that I wasn't ready for, clearly. Um, <laughs> and it was, it was a task that needed to be accomplished. And I didn't maintain it for more than like a week or something because it felt like homework. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I think, for example, for me, it's like I need versatility in the things that I do, right? I can't eat the same thing every day, even if it's like the perfect combination of protein and vegetables. I can't do the same workout every day, <laughs> even if it's, you know, going to benefit me. I can't, not that I can't, I choose not to. And I, I would like to apply I choose not to to everything I just said as well. Um, but I find it more sustainable to maintain different Mm. practices such as you know gratitude practice such as eating healthy such as getting movement in my life if I apply it in different ways and so I think it's like you can get creative with with everything right it's again like I didn't premeditate on I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning and I'm going to find gratitude in all my senses so it's like how can we make it basic meaning take it back to the basics of things that we already have instead of always hoping for things we want Mm -hmm. and apply it in in a moment where we feel disconnected or where we feel frazzled overwhelmed and consumed by the task that we need to do or that we think is important yeah i think you had a really good point there around gratitude being a chore because it when it becomes a chore 
it's no longer authentic and you can't, it doesn't have the same benefit to you. Mm -hmm. But being present with the seasonality of your life, what do I need right now? That's going to be the perfect recipe to show me and remind me of the appreciation for what I have has to be adaptable and flexible. And so the example I love that you said was the perfect balance of protein and vegetables doesn't hold a candle to, I just want to eat healthy. And those are two totally different perspectives because one is like pigeonholing you into being a certain way. The other one is pigeonholing you into a way of being. Instead of being a certain way, you've adopted a way of being. And if that way of being is like, how can I just fuel goodness? And the gratitude that we can inspire into our hearts, like when we're looking at our life, being grateful for the the small things, the little things, makes everything we have enough. So our way of being becomes easier to access. Yeah. It's like a tuning fork, you know? Just like tune right in. Yeah, it's crazy because you know how what we do here is we cry. <laughs> so... <laughs> Every day, all day, all the time. Anytime. I off, like I sometimes when I look at my highlights, like my pictures on my phone, mm. I'll recall a memory and I'll just be so grateful that I'll just start crying. And it's like, <laughs> it's really, I know it's funny because it's ridiculous. Oh, it feels so good. Though. But like, yeah, I find myself just like appreciating so many things. And actually when I was driving over here, I was thinking how... I didn't meditate yet today, but that I feel like I sit with myself so much and you know about this a lot because I'll text you the most (laughs) random stuff that I'm thinking about and um, I just think that there's a lot. So unedited. Uh, Yeah. Sorry, let me get him. August has things to say today. So much to say, but keep going. Well, he distracted my train of thought, but... um, think I was talking about not meditating today. Yes. Um, So I was thinking about how much I still sit with my thoughts and not that that's a replacement for meditation, but that when you can be introspective, you can find presence and yeah, just being present can be found in so many different ways. Could not agree more. Let me bring myself back in here since all of this August noise, which I love actually. So that makes me feel grounded. That makes me feel grateful. That makes me feel like I want to surrender more because here I was previous to now having all this excitement about getting a shelter dog. Like I'd always wanted a pity. I've had a lot of friends that had pities and uh, they've always been such a, such a wonderful, my favorite breed because they're so cuddly and snuggly and I think they get bullied so easily. Like, but they're a nanny dog, you know? He's so, yeah, he's the best. He's the best. And he makes me feel gratitude because he really makes me slow down. You know, he reminds me to just take it easy, to 
be more present to get like in the morning I get up and I go lay with him and I give him like millions of kisses because I'm like, I just love you. You're so sweet right now. So it's the little things. Um, let's talk more about relationship in the context of gratitude, like specifically intimate relationship. And the reason why I say that is you and I call each other all the time. We're like, my fiance, my husband, (laughs) but then we have these profound moments where we're like, I'm so grateful for my partner. So I would love to hear your thoughts on what that, what that looks like for you. Like what is the breaking point where you go from WTF to wow, I'm so grateful. Yeah. Um, I think that within my relationship, specifically my marriage, I can often find moments of criticism because I'm with this person all the time. This person will always, has always been there. So it's kind of like, it's just so easy to have, um, judgment towards the person when they don't do something right or they don't do something according to what you need specifically in that moment. And I think gratitude within my marriage and towards my husband has been a really great journey for me and one that I have to remind myself of every single day because when I was talking about that morning that I woke up and I was like, oh, my senses... I usually tell my husband, like, don't turn towards me at night because I don't want you to breathe on me. <laughs> but like, Get your breath out of here, this hot breath. But when I woke up <laughs> the other day, I was like, oh, like, I can hear him. I, I can hear him breathing. And therefore, like, I'm so grateful that he's alive and that he's next to me and that mm. he's my partner um, because he's he's amazing. And I think that way too often with the people that we are closest to and that are in our daily habits and and routines, we, it's harder, I think it's harder for us to find gratitude towards them because they're there, they've always been there, Mm -hmm. they'll be there if we mess up, if we offend them, if, you know, whatever. So I think finding gratitude in partnership, specifically in intimate relationship is really so fundamental to fostering a really healthy and also prosperous relationship because each one of us individually goes through so many emotions, whether it's on a, you know, obviously daily, weekly, yearly basis. And we change so much just because of the different experiences that we individually go through. And then you think of, you know, I mean, obviously I got married not with the intention of getting divorced. So if you want to foster that partnership too, that person, it's not the person that you met or married or, you know, so you have to really find gratitude in order to be together and to have a healthy exchange and to respect each other and, you know, still see each other at the end of the day. Yeah, for sure. I mean, par- partnership is so interesting and complex. And I was talking with um, one of our ladies, Deb, about this yesterday. And she was saying that, you know, a lot of our human programming is to actually see deficit before we see what's good or what's positive. So whether or not that applies to our partnership, like our relationship, where we're just always like 
okay, cool, they might be doing a subpar or an excellent job in all these other areas, but what are like the few things that I can pick on? What are the few things I can be pissed about? And that goes across the board, like in our jobs, in our friendships, or even if you're single and you're dating, um, this is a big one, is uh, going on dates with the intention to find something wrong with someone. Like, oh, when I'm dating, I need to make sure that this person checks all the boxes, and if I see one thing about them I don't like, that's probably a deal breaker, or is it really even a deal breaker? You know, and instead of finding gratitude for the fact that we get the opportunity to explore another human being, we're just busy picking them apart. And again, going back to the selfishness versus selflessness, it's like we're selfishly selecting what is convenient for us in that moment, and Mm. we are dissecting and criticizing, judging what meets the state that we're at and the agenda we have to meet. So within the dating world, it's like I understand knowing what you're looking for. It must be really hard to date right now, especially with all the apps and everything. So I can't really speak to that. But I do know that people who I'm close with who are dating, it's like, what's your intention when you go in? It's not selfless. It's selfish. Yeah, you're literally sizing someone up. Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of what dating is. Um, but that's the presence we take in all aspects of our life, even at our job. Like, oh, look at all the things I did. Why didn't I accomp- why, why didn't I get recognized for X, Y, Z? Right? So it's like, this. I think this applies to every aspect. It's like we go in selfish instead of selfless, going into that whole concept that you and I were talking about the other night, about like, oh, if we just approach things with love and it's being open and it's like, honestly... If you have that anchor inside your brain anytime you have discord or, you know, you're pissed off or you're sad or it's like, how can I show up in love and therefore how can I be selfless and therefore does this even matter? Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of it stops mattering when you do zoom out and get out of your own like thing of these are my things to do or the this is my trajectory and then something's like thrown a wrench like let's just say you have like a day planned out and you need to go to like the dmv or like the post office or something that you, an errand you need to run and then you get there and they're closed and you you messed up that the time that you were supposed to be there or something happens to your car and like your plan your organized idea of the way things are going to be your attachment style of having things go in a certain way or a certain order and then you show up to the thing and it's not what you expected, you can take that information and decide, this is going to mess up my day. This is going to put me in a mood. It's someone else's fault. You go to, how do I just be of service right now? Like being in a funk, you could literally take that and flip it on its head if you're like, I'm literally going to stop at the store and buy flowers for like my mom on the way home or I'm going to go out of my way to just show up for someone else. I mean, almost every morning when I wake up, I have my live stream classes, but then right after I meditate and I have like practice and a ritual and I always go into the kitchen and I make some type of something, breakfast, whatever it is, smoothie for our roommate, John, because I know like he, he works, um, he works with his teams overseas. So he's up at like 6am when I'm up, but he's on his computer and I know he won't take a break. And I know that little thing, even though it takes out extra minutes of my day, 
that little thing makes me feel so good when I take care of him. And to top it off a way that makes it even more fun for me, and I know this doesn't sound fun, but I do all the dishes after. Like, he love he loves being like, oh, you did that for me, so I'm going to do this for you. And I'm like, no, I did it for you because I chose to, because I wanted to, and I'm going to continue to do things for you because I care about you and I appreciate you as a human. And that's where, like, selflessness, I'm showing up, I'm doing something for him. It's a small thing. It doesn't really inconvenience me much. I know that that enriches my relationship with him, and he's constantly showing up for me. And I'm not doing it because I want something in return. I'm doing it because I genuinely care about him. But if I need to go to the airport, if I need, if there's anything I need, he's there. And that's part of building conscious relationship in a selfless way. But again, we're so consumed of, if I do this for this person, then they need to show up this way. There's that expectation, that factor of, of ulterior motive underneath a lot of the way that we operate. And so gratitude puts you in a place where you want to do selfless things. Gratitude puts you in a place where acts of service become your love language and you're not doing it for something. And I think going back to the relationship piece, like with Chad, I spent a lot of time earlier earlier on in our relationship doing a lot of things for him. And when he wouldn't do something back, I would get really pissed and it would create discord. Mm. And I'm like, well, I go above and beyond. Well, I'm always taking care of this. Well, I'm always doing that instead of just being like, if I was truly doing that from a place of selflessness, it doesn't matter the way he shows up in response to it, for example. And even yesterday, um, he took care of like flights for us for the holidays and you know he handled it we went over like what it would look like and then he did it and um I said thank you you know right away and I was like I'm so grateful we got this done like this is awesome blah 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 and then a little later he was like hey aren't you gonna say thank you for me getting those tickets and I'm like excuse me okay but you know it's like I know that he wasn't necessarily doing that to get a thank you or to get anything but it was just interesting the way the dynamic had played out after that and then here we are I'm packaging up a gift for one of his aunts um, to send it out to her because she's just now getting some stuff and uh, I got the gift ready signed the card I gave him the other half of the card to write and everything's ready to go the prepaid label's all good and I'm like okay here it is and then he goes to write it and that was the moment that he was like aren't you going to say thank you about the flights I'm like Aren't you going to say thank you that I wrapped up a gift for your aunt? Like, damn, son. And it was just this funny moment of like, okay, we both know we're doing this out of service. We know we're doing this to nourish each other and to take care of each other and the people we love. But like how how much of it is for what and what do we want out of it? Um, And so I think in the context of relationship, like I definitely am working on going above and beyond without expectation back to know that I'm showing up in my relationship the way I choose to because that's all I have control over. And it's easy to blame him for not doing certain things to keep our relationship active or uh, enriched or like the quality is there where I feel like really seen. I could just show up and do that and feel that way. Like I don't need to wait on anyone else being selfless towards me in order for me to show up in gratitude and selflessness and of service to the people I love. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so much yes. And with the holidays coming, this is a big topic. Mm. And I feel like they're they're coming so fast and they're going to go so fast. And then we're on to the next year. And I, if this is what the end of 2021 looks like, I'm wondering how 22, 2022 is going to 
really actually pan out um, based on our habits and based on the things that we're valuing and, and the way that we're showing up. So if we can do anything for ourselves during the holidays, it's kind of, I think, to slow down and pause and really embrace meditation as a practice and really take our time to be present and go out of our way to find ways to be of service without expectation of anything back and use the time to fill up our cup so that when we do show up, we're coming from a full cup place, not an empty cup place. We're not showing up with an empty cup like, I gave this to you so I need it back, fill my cup. We're showing up like, I feel full because of my generosity. So like, come and experience the light that I'm offering. Yeah, I think that when it's just like, you know, the typical scene, oh, it's Thanksgiving, everyone go around and say what you're grateful for. It's like, why is that the only time that we're sitting down and talking about it? Um, And actually, we have this um, cute routine at home that at dinner, we sit down and the girls talk about a rose and a thorn of their day. And you know, it's it's a positive and a negative, essentially. And we sit down, and, and a lot of the times they'll say something like, or I'll be like, "I'm my rose is this moment that we get to sit down and be together, right? <laughs> and then it also prompts them to decide that the rose isn't based on something that they got to experience that was selfish in a way, right? So... um it's interesting how like we could implement that concept that comes up so much around the holidays more often than just around a certain time of year Mm. and also live 2022 in a more present way. Yeah. I don't know. I think I feel the happiest actually in moments that are more simple. Mm, Totally. Like I, when I recall some of my favorite moments when I was building my relationship out with Chad is we used to like go, we used to go bike riding a lot down by the beach and just feel the sun on our bodies. And I feel like that it was so simple and it was so fulfilling. And I had so much gratitude during that time for the little things. And so for example, you know, we're going, our little squad is going on Sunday just to spend more time in that because I mean, I've texted you a bunch and I'm like, dude, I need to go put my feet in the sand. I need to go get in the grass. I need to go hone in on what's like the baseline of my happiness. And the baseline of my happiness is not because my company had a successful contract that we closed or because um, me and my friends got to go on a vacation or something like that. It's more the simple moments when we feel present, when we feel the nourishment of real life and the goodness in those simple moments it's not it's not the extravagant shit while we think it is it's really not so true and i'm reading think like a monk right now um and one of the things the stats that he says which i've heard this one before it's really profound is that um the the scientific levels of our happiness right like there are brain chemicals when we exert happiness as far as the ups and the downs in life goes when you make when you're middle class like when you make For example, they say in modern day, $75,000 is considered middle class. That and above, whether you're making $75,000 a year or $75 million a year, your life experience as far as your levels, even though you might think that if if you had more money, your life would be more convenient so you'd be more happy, 
it's just not the truth. That the ebbs and flows that you and I have every day, our community has every day, our loved ones have every day, as long as they're at the baseline, their basic needs are covered and a little more, they're the same happiness as fucking Jeff Bezos. Yeah. What? Yeah. Put me in a helicopter. Let me show you how happy I can get. I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're like, bitch. Mm-mm. No. You know. No, for sure. And I mean, all jokes aside, I think that when you were talking about, you know, the simple things, um, if I think about, like, it, I had this interesting thought. I thought, the first thing I thought was when we were on our trip to Italy and mm. Greece, in Italy, it was, like, super simple. I feel like we didn't have anything planned. We were just being. Um, and that that's the first thing I thought about. And then I was hearing you talk and talk about, like, it doesn't have to be that extravagant, crazy shit. Like, the best, the most fulfilling stuff is just, like, simple. It made me think about what you just talked about, that experience with your dad, that he didn't plan to be here. Mm-hmm. But... It was a simple interaction of his presence that was here. And then obviously, like, you know, you spoke through your experience, but it's like, how many times do we shun away from the simple stuff because we're like so consumed to get achieve the bigger things, the the bigger promotion, the bigger paycheck, the fancier vacation, the nicer car, you know, all these things. And it's really interesting because I've had, I've had a lot of this come up for me lately where I'm just like, it's just enough, like... I don't know. Like, I don't know. I just, I'm not in this rat race. I'm not, I I don't know how to explain it, but like a lot has shifted for me in the past couple months. And like the simplicity is really where it's at. And I really, I really truly believe that. I want to embody that like yeah, more. Yeah, for sure. But yet those of us that are a little more like type A, like the need to control we think we're filtering our experiences of what feels fulfilling. So if I plan a big dinner with my family, then I can be present with my dad because I have the awareness that it's coming and I can put everything aside and prepare. Right. But the most beautiful things that I've ever experienced in my life were not with preparation. They were surprises. They were things that I didn't expect. Mm-hmm. And Very so just true. like that moment with dad, it was like, okay. There's nothing more important than being here with you right now. And I practice that with all of my family. That makes me feel so enlightened. Triggers. <laughs> That's for another day. That's for another day. But I do try to practice that like, okay, my story of what's happening as I'm interacting is blocking me from gratitude. Mm-hmm. Because I'm sitting there like, feeling so pissed that they said or did that thing, triggered that they said or did that thing, and I'm narrating it and I'm judging it instead of just being like, wow, I'm right here with this beautiful soul that genuinely loves and cares about me and that's their only intention, even if it comes out in ways that make, makes me crazy. And that selflessness, that gratitude of like, wow, this is just like another expression of God right in front of me, allows me to see that person truly for who they are and enjoy my time with them and receive so much more when I leave. But when I'm wrapped up in the trigger and I'm like, I just need to get through this moment and not freak out, there's no gratitude present. And I don't get the benefit of feeling that gratitude. Right, because you're not present. You're in your selfish emotion. Yes. And it's so, that that's very present for me too because 
with the kids, especially like David likes to do different things than I do. And when he plans like a Saturday activity versus me, it's usually something that I (laughs) wouldn't choose. (laughs) But I'm finding myself, I'm like really reprogramming myself to live experiences in a more present way. And I'm just like, I'm here right now. And I just observe and I just, I approach things differently versus like, well, if it were up to me, we'd be doing blah, 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 and I can't wait to be done, so then I could go do X. It's like you really have to find a way to connect yourself in yeah. order to live a present life. Um, and it's it's everybody, everybody. We all have this urgency that is not necessary yeah that's actually what it comes down to it's like urgency mm-hmm. yeah because we're taught that faster is better all the time and you know it's i think it's such a societal thing cultural thing and it's like actually if you just pause for a second things will be much the execution of what you're trying to do is it's always better whether it's I want to react to this emotion. I want to be impulsive. I have 20 projects I'm working on. How do I prioritize? Every, it's literally everything. The urgency is like so ingrained and it's our like our how-to emotion. It's more natural. It feels like societally we are ingrained to feel like that's more natural versus pausing and slowing down. And that's why it's so much work to do all the things that make us present or it takes practice to learn how to do that and we don't know how to do that because we've been operating at the opposite frequency for our whole life yeah so long so long and not to mention in this time of our life we have more access to information things are moving more efficiently more productivity more productivity is present there's everything we do is automated. We can get anything we want within 30 minutes delivered to our door. Mm-hmm. Like we have access to more things. And I think all of that access, all of those options, all of that information makes it harder to choose the right thing. Because if I just had two choices, get in your car, go to the store and cook or eat a salad, like order a salad and that's it. I think it would be easier to make those choices, but it's like, I could order this, I could order that, I could order that, I could do this. And that's just like a food choice, but think about all the other choices that are we're inundated with. That's why we're always thinking the grass is always greener. That's why the not enoughness, the worthiness, mm-hmm. all these things are so present for most of us and they guide us every day so strongly because there's so many choices. So many choices. Yeah, and you can never like be comfortable with feeling like you made the right one yeah like oh i just got this great job at this company and someone else is like oh well i got this other job at this other company very similar making more money blah blah it's like uh oh. well it's still enough for me like how can you just be certain of that you know yeah gratitude exactly. that cancels all that shit out like i'm grateful that i even have food in my fridge right now totally. i'm grateful that i have partnership and love and if I didn't if I wasn't in a relationship I'm grateful that I would know myself enough to know how to consciously date I'm grateful that I have really deep connected friendships in my life I'm really grateful for our community that provides me a mirror into my soul I'm grateful for literally every aspect of my life 
and you can look at it any way you want but if we choose gratitude we're always going to get that like space of consciousness of winning like we're, you'll always win if you just have gratitude you'll always win yeah and that's it I think that sums it up couldn't agree more you want to add anything it's mm-hmm. enough it's enough <laughs> Yeah, it's enough. Good job. Good job. Good job to you. Today was the most noisy, external noisy podcast we have. The universe had, wanted it that way. I don't know what to tell you. Test me, bitch. I'm stepping up. Let's go. We're still put. We're still shipping we're it. St- we're still <laughs> shipping it. <laughs> anyway, um, thank you guys for listening all the way through. And uh, we're so grateful that we uh, have this opportunity to even just share information. We'd love to hear your thoughts, your feedback. Um, make sure that you like and subscribe and share and all that good stuff um, so we can continue to have these thought-provoking conversations and and impact the exact people that need to hear it. Especially me, I need to hear it. We're going to listen to this like 30 times. Grateful for remember. you. Grateful for you. Grateful, grateful for, for you. you. Grateful for you. And you <laughs> get the gratitude. You get some gratitude. <laughs> so thankful. So thankful. Well, on to next week. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.